0: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
1: All right, before I get to my next guest, Mark Carnival, I want to give a shout-out to our friends at the Ben Hogan Golf Company. When Ben Hogan founded his company in 1953, his mission was to make the finest golf equipment in the world, and that remains their mission today. They forge every club they make to provide the feel and feedback investment clubs simply can't provide. And their craftsmen, they micromanufacture each club to your exacting specifications in their Fort Worth, Texas factory. You'll only find Ben Hogan Golf Equipment at BenHoganGolf.com. Visit them online today to learn about their great products and their great prices. I also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Golf Pride. In golf, light grip pressure releases power. Golf Pride engineered a secret that pros know. A larger lower hand encourages lighter pressure. Plus 4 technology is designed with four additional layers, which reduces tension in the lower hand to generate more power. Play Plus 4 and release the secret that pros know. Now available on Tour Velvet. The winningest grip on Tour. Grip confidence. Grip Golf Pride. And folks, this segment of the show is sponsored by our friends over at the PGA Tour Superstore. This. <laughs> Show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGATourSuperstore.com. Now back to Chris and more of the show. All right, now back with me here on next on the tee is Mark Carnival. Let me remind you about Mark's background. He's from Annapolis, Maryland. Played his college golf at James Madison University, where he was a four-year letterman and a two-time MVP. While he was there, Mark won the 1979 Governor's Classic and the 1982 James Madison University Invitational. Graduated with his degree in marketing and a minor in economics. In 1999, he was inducted into the JMU Athletics Hall of Fame. Turned pro in 1983. He won four times out on tour at the 1984 Virginia Open, 1990 Utah Open, 1992 Chattanooga Classic, and the 1997 Nike Inland Classic. Mark was named the PGA TOUR's Rookie of the Year in 1992, finished tied for 25th at the 98 U.S. Open at the Olympic Club in San Francisco. You can hear Mark now out on Sirius XM's PGA TOUR radio and PGA TOUR live shows. He's easily one of the all-time great golf analysts and on-course broadcasters, and I'm very honored he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Mark, thanks for coming back on the show.
0: Chris, how you doing? I'm not going to throw you under the bus like Tom did, so it's all good. <laughs> I Appreciate you, Mark. I'm doing great, Chris. Glad to be with you,
1: Mark. Uh, you know, I, I was kind of curious. Was being back in San Francisco for a major this past weekend? Did it bring back memories of that U.S. Open you played in at the Olympic Club?
0: Oh, sure Uh the, the, It's always, uh, you know, it's, it's great golf in the San Francisco area and. Uh, I've not only been fortunate enough to play the Olympic club, but I've been fortunate enough to play Harding Park, San, uh, San Francisco Golf Club, Lake Merced, and, uh, a number of other places in the area. So now it's, it's always great. Uh, you know, that's a long time ago though, <laughs> though. Chris, uh, it's good memories. There's some bad memories about it, but, uh, no, it's, it's great. Uh, it's always great to be able to, to call golf and, and talk about an area that, that, you have fond memories of so now I I don't hold any hard feelings about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just going to say I, I hope you don't take anything like you had bad memories of of the that US Open in 98. I mean, for crying out loud, you were a stroke off the lead after the first round. You're right in the mix after the second and the third rounds. I mean, I think there's a lot of positive to take from that. And you know, and it's in, it's interesting that you sort of say that, Mark. Because when I talk to, you know, other guys that have played on the tour and even on the football side on our on our show Thursday night tailgate, when I talked to a lot of the former players, there there are bad games or or you know a bad stretch, and and, and they seem to remember those things more than they give themselves credit <laughs> for the good things that they did, and that, I always find that interesting that you you hold on to the bad, but you but you you, you discard the good.
0: It, it, that is that, that that's a good a good point. Um, I don't know why that is, and and I again I had a great time there. I think that stands out the last round where I, I didn't, I didn't finish off too well. And there was a lot that could have come as a result of a good finish there. But, you know, in retrospect, uh, you know, I was very fortunate to play this game. And I, I say that it's a game and we, I played it for a living and not many people get to, to, uh, be able to pursue their passions as a means for a living. Uh, and I was very fortunate, but I'm a lot older now, Chris. So. I'm a lot more. I'm a lot more easier. I think I'm easier on myself and easier on the on the path that I took as well.
1: Mark, I want to get your thoughts on on this past weekend's PGA Championship and uh, what an exciting Sunday it was. Get, why don't you get your thoughts? What did you think about what you saw? Uh,
0: it w- it was unbelievable, Chris. Uh, you know, even all week, uh, you know, watching there and seeing all the names of the players that we've become so accustomed to see. Uh, you know, successful, be right there as we not only through Thursday, but Friday and Saturday and of course Sunday with so many great stories and a lot of opportunity for a lot of players. Uh, I mean, Hardy Park, I think is really a really good golf course and it tests you. And I was probably no more pleased, uh, in the sense that Colin Morakawa, who obviously went on to win. But in this age of, you know, bomb and gouge and, and everybody hits a driver and they don't care if they hit a wedge, that a young man that led the, the, the tournament in driving accuracy went on to win. Because I still to this day, despite the focus on length, if you put the ball in play, I I you're gonna give yourself more chances to win than the guy that, that puts it in the rough. Now I may mean, there may be stats that say that contradict that. But at the end of the day, if you can do that, like Colin Morikawa did, I think you're going to win more often than not. Uh, I think it was exciting. I think, you know, there's a lot of players that are probably disappointed. But at the end of the day, you know, even, even Dustin Johnson, who held the lead going to the final round, uh, you know, he didn't play great, but he didn't, he didn't really throw it away. Uh, I think Colin Morikawa actually went out and won that golf tournament. He said to the fact that, uh, you know, he said to his caddy, he said, you know, it's time to step up. You know, let's, let's take a chance here. He took the chance and he won. And I've, I've always believed I've, and I have a a phrase that was, was said to me by, uh, someone a long time ago that I use and a lot of my colleagues use it. You have to risk losing in order to win. And Colin Markawa taking that chance on 16 with the driver, I think risked possibly losing and ultimately he went on to win. And, uh, that had to be a great feeling for that young man. he's such a a good well spoken well rounded uh very together you know individual at age twenty three which sometimes I think we lose sight of but uh this young man knows what he wants, knows what he wants to do and wow twenty three years old a major championship that's got to be pretty special
1: and talk about that mark i mean and then t p and I were talking about this in the last segment. I mean, it's a lot of moxie for a kid to, you know, and, and the, the three previous rounds, he, he didn't hit driver on 16. And mm-hmm. here he is, he's got a one-stroke lead with three holes to play, and he pulls out a driver and obviously hits the drive of his life. But that's a lot of moxie for, like you just said, a 23-year-old kid who's barely been out on the tour for a year now, and he steps up and he, you know, rips that drive, and obviously the rest is history. But that is, to me, that's a lot of moxie for that for a 23 year
0: old. I I would agree, but I think it's also confidence. It's like, okay, I've got an opportunity here. I'm going to go for it. And you know, probably more often than not, you don't pull off a shot. But if you do, you know, you know what 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 did he have to lose by trying to do that? Uh, I think that again, I, I go back to that statement. You have to risk losing in order to win. And I think that's what he did. And he believed in the shot. It was comfortable. Uh The numbers worked out. Uh You know, I think I, there was a conversation like, and I, I heard a conversation, like he and his caddy, and, you know, he just told his caddy, I, I like this. This is what I want to do. And he went with it, and he committed to it. And, look, I mean, he could have not pulled off the shot, but he did. And look where it took him. And, obviously, that certainly helped him, uh you know, get that win, but you got to like that. I mean, I think a lot of times when when people follow this game and follow golfers, you know, it looks like at least in my opinion from the broadcast side and from when I played, you know, the players like don't look like they're enjoying it. They look like they're just out there and they're they're going through the motions and you know, if they win great, if they don't fine, it's it's about finishing and FedEx Cup points and money whatever. This young man wanted to win a title. And he went out and did that. And I think that's uh, that may be more impressive than anything.
1: And, Mark, going back to a point you you mentioned a moment ago, and Tom and I also talked about this as well, but, um, you know, Colin averaged, you know, 290 yards, you know, for the weekend or for the week, or the four rounds off the tee, you know, Bryson, you know, about 318. (laughs) So does this sort of give the guys that aren't the bombers, and maybe it's just in majors, I don't know. I mean, I want to get your, your insights on it, but does this sort of open it back up to, because I think the tour had sort of become, like you mentioned a moment ago, the bomb and gouge, right? It's, it's still hitting bombs. It's, it's, uh, um, you know, all those guys trying to get it out there just as far as they possibly can. And if it's in the rough, no big deal because I'm going to have a short iron into the green. And it sort of felt like there was sort of a separation on tour. It was the bombers and the bombers not does this sort of bring well, the rest of the field back in?
0: Well, I, I you know, and, and this is where I think players get caught up in something that, look, I mean, there are players that are naturally long. I mean, Dustin Johnson, naturally long, Brooke Kepka, naturally long. And a lot of these guys, you know, uh, you get, Bryson to I mean, that's, that's a whole other subject. We could spend two hours on, uh, Chris, but I, you know, you give the guy, you got to give the guy credit. I mean, he's, set out to do something. He's got 6 wins on the PGA Tour. You can't you can't argue with success. But I think at the end of the day with 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 the information with with all the data, if you hit the ball on the fairway and you're, you know, whatever, I mean say you're at, like you're 290 and the big guy hits it 310 but he can't find the fairway. I would guarantee the percentage of you getting the ball closer to the hole from the fairway is a lot higher than that guy playing from twenty yards further from the rough now they may hit the the shot every now and then, but when you look at it you the ball is sitting there in front of you've got the rough you can put you can control the spin you can control the movement of the ball a lot better. I've always believed that while length is great if you are straight and long i mean that's i mean you, you can forget about it i mean that that's that's such an advantage. But I believe, I still believe, unless you're just, you know, really short, which most of these players are not these days, if you put the ball in fairway, I would take the guy that puts in the fairway more often than not to win golf tournaments. And that's, I would focus on it. I mean, if I'm a guy that is normally a straight player, yeah, you may try to get some distance, but at the same time, you can't get enamored with the distance because at the end of the day, I think you're going to be able to control the golf ball much better from the fairway, than you would ever think of in the rough.
1: And, Mark, does, does this maybe change – let me take a step back. Jordan Spieth looks lost to me. He looks oh. lost, He looked lost to me on, on Saturday. And, and from the pictures I saw of him after his round over on the practice tee, he just seemed like a guy that was completely lost. Now, he came back and shot 67 on Sunday, which is great. But does this maybe help him? Because I think he's, and again, this is just my opinion, but when I look at him, I look at him as a guy who is desperately seeking 10 more yards or 15 more yards, yeah. and he can't keep his driver in the fairway. And now he's, you know, his whole game is lost. Does, does this have maybe change his mindset a little bit? Like, look, two ninety-two 290, ninety-five 295 is great. And if I can keep it in the fairway with my short game, I should be able to win.
0: I, I would hope so. Um, I mean, you know, the, the Jordan is such a nice young man, and he's smart. And he's probably, he, he's not as gifted as some of these players, but he's gifted more with the mental side of the game. And, and I never understood this. I mean, I remember when, even even in 2015, when he was, you know, winning majors and winning these tournaments, people said, well, he's not long enough to be number one. You know, I, I would have I told him, forget about that. Just play your game. And unfortunately, he's got kind of in the trap that some of these players, like a Luke Donald, and and uh, there's some other, there's a couple other guys that have tried to focus on distance. I, I I have the utmost respect for Jordan Spieth, and you know, as a young man, as as a as a professional, and I know that he and uh, Cameron McCormick have had this relationship for a long time. But Jordan Spieth needs some new eyes. I mean, that and that's my opinion. Um, uh, I think he he just, you know, like, like you said, I would just tell him Jordan just play because he plays the game maybe better than anybody. Uh, you know, he's got the short game. He, there's no situation. He can't figure out how to, how to resolve, you know, with his game. And, And he has gotten to a point where, as you said, and I would agree, he looks lost out there. And it's, it's sad because. I have no doubt he can still be competitive and win. And he can win a lot. You know, is he going to win as much as uh, Dustin Johnson or some of the others? Probably not. But he can still win. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's kind of what drives us. But, uh, I, 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 I that's something that, that in, in a lot of ways bothers me because, you know, you make, he got to the PJ Tour playing a particular way. And that's the way. And he's tried to change it. Now, we all try to get better, no doubt. But he's changed basically his technique, his philosophy on how to play the game. And obviously, it's hurt him. Mark, I want to switch
1: gears a little bit. I want to get your thoughts on the lack of fans. Has the lack of fans had an impact on some of the outcomes of these tournaments? We're not hearing the roars and the fans go crazy and... And that sort of thing, which I think on some level lowers the pressure on some of the guys. Do you think it's having an impact in making it maybe just a little bit easier on the guys trying to win?
0: I, oh, I think it it absolutely has had an impact. I mean, if you go back and to the to the Workday uh, Charity Open, when Justin Thomas makes that 50-footer, uh, you know, on the first play. The first playoff hole, I believe that's correct right okay they' those fans have been screaming for I don't know how long now, I would say the likelihood of Colin making that putt might have been pretty pretty difficult that that would have been a challenge um, I think that without question, this major championship we just had i mean, does that mean Colin Morikawa wouldn't won no i I can't sit there and say that. Nor would that be fair to Colin to say that. But I think fans out there could have had an impact. I think without question, and and in, in my opinion, I think it's affecting Rory McElroy. I think it's affecting Tiger Woods. uh I don't think it affects Brooks Kepka. I'm not sure don't believe it affects Dustin Johnson, but I do I truly believe that it has had a bearing on Tiger and Rory, because I think those are two of the players that feed off the crowd. I know i you know I think in a lot of ways it's it's helped other players with Tiger because the crowds were so big around Tiger that it affected people he was playing with, but I think Tiger also you know thrived off that excitement from the crowd. I mean you have players walking from a green to a tee and having been there, and you know they're yelling your name and they' they want you to slap their hand and You know, I I don't, you know, I don't know if it would have had an effect on Colin Morikawa, but I think it had to, it could have. Uh, But again, I'm not, I don't want to take that away from him because again, everybody was playing on an even, even field. So you can't say it, it didn't help him or it didn't hurt him. He went out and won the golf tournament. But I do think it is different for some of these players. And you take a Rory McIlroy, who didn't go to college. And, and when you look at Colin Morikawa and, and, and Matthew Wolf, I mean, they're not very far removed from college where they're playing events where there are not that many fans out there. So that was not that big a deal. I don't think it was that big a deal. Where Rory, who never went to college, jumps right in the, right in the, the boiling pot and the fans are screaming and everything, he's never played in front of very few fans, except you go back probably 10, 15 years when he was playing amateur golf so it, it's without question, I think it has a bearing. should it have a bearing on the on the quality of golf? No, but I think it can have a bearing on the whole sort of atmosphere of golf. I think we've had great golf, I think we've had great results, we've had great champions, and uh you know afford golf was fortunate to have been able to do this, but we'll never know chris i mean it's at least right now we'll never know. If, how much it, it has had or not had an effect on who wins and who doesn't.
1: Mark, just a couple more before I let you go. And you mentioned Tiger and, and Mark, it, you know, Tiger obviously was was never a factor in, in the, in the tournament, um, but still gets headlines. You go on ESPN.com, you go, you look around and, and, uh, you know, ESPN is posting videos of every good shot he hit. And at times it feels like whether it's sports media or just the the game in general, is very Tiger-centric, even when he's not, there's, there's still yeah. a story about Tiger. Is, is the game, is the media too focused on Tiger instead of, we, like you mentioned, we got so many great young players that have just, you know, kind of burst onto the scene, yet it feels like at times we can't let go of Tiger.
0: Well, I, I still believe Tiger moves the needle in golf grip. Uh You know, the anticipation I mean, I, I still think there's this anticipation and hope, uh, probably from the media side, because when Tiger plays, without question, uh, the ratings go up. But I still believe they think, you know, there's, there's this, we're going to flip this switch and Tiger is going to go back to, to 2000 and, and all those years where he won multiple events. Uh, I, I don't see that. Uh, I understand in the sense of he still moves the needle, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, in watching him and the two events he has played. And, and since we've had this shutdown, he, he while he doesn't look challenged physically in the sense of, I think his back, everything seems fine. There, there seems to be a lack of energy there to me. Um, you know, he would probably disagree with that. But having watched him a lot, uh and I don't know. I mean, you know, we, we don't know what's inside his head. Uh And I think the other thing is what we do know is he has to prepare differently now. He knows there's this stretch of important tournaments, the, the FedEx Cup playoffs. You've got the U.S. Open and then, you know, the Masters in November. Uh He is obviously focusing on that. Uh maybe he's conserving his energy, I don't know. But I think the expectation is we want him to be the Tiger of old. And that's a pretty high expectation, uh, not necessarily just from him, but from us, from from people that follow the game.
1: And Mark, you mentioned the FedEx Cup. As uh you look ahead to the playoffs that start next week. Who who do you like? Who who do you think the favorites are to be holding the FedEx Cup at the end of the Tour Championship here in Atlanta? And um, who might be a player or two that might not be in the inside the top twenty right now that might might have an opportunity to get hot and uh, and actually
0: make a run? Well, I think I think you know I mean certainly Justin Thomas has played well and I mean how could you not think of Colin Morikawa? Uh, I mean he moved up to fifth in the world rankings. Um, I'm not exactly sure where he is in the the FedEx got points, but you know, he's won twice this year. Uh, Justin, you know, two wins. Uh, I mean, I think Justin would be the favorite in my mind. Uh, Rory, while he is there, has seemed to have lost something since we had the shutdown and, you know, just has not performed well. I tell you, the guy that, that I like that's outside the top 20, uh, is Jason Day. Uh, Jason has played four events in a row finishing inside the top 10, you know, he is, you know, split with as far as uh, you know, his working with uh Colin Swatten, his longtime friend and mentor. Uh I think that's a good thing for Jason. Um I think Jason kind of needs to find his way. Uh he seems healthy. Uh very talented. Uh I I think Jason Day could make a run at this thing. Uh, I think he's inside the top 30, but I mean uh I think he's a player that I would I would pay attention to
1: Mark before I let you go remind our listeners how can they stay up to date you know you're you're one of the all-time great broadcasters <laughs> and on-course analysts there's there's no question about that talk talk about how they can stay up to date with all the great things that you're doing whether that's listening to you on uh, on SiriusXM or following you on social media
0: Yeah I, I'm not a great social media with- Uh, (laughs) I'm a little too old for that now, but it's at McRoy92, M-C-R-O-Y-92 on Twitter. Uh, I don't tweet a lot, but uh, if you send me something, I'll certainly respond to it. Uh, Next week, I'll be working uh, for PGA Tour Radio at the Northern Trust. Uh, The next week, following week, I'll be working for PGA Tour Live for BMW. And then the following week, I'll be back on PGA Tour Radio for the Tour Championship. after being after not having worked a lot for four or five months, Chris, I'm happy. I worked four weeks in a row. I got three weeks in a row starting next week. So it's great to be back involved with the game. I love uh I love this game. As I as I said, it was a game and I played it for a living and uh I've had two great jobs. I played it for a living. Now I talk about it for a living, Chris, so uh, I'm very fortunate. But always great to be on your your show. You you your kind words are are more than uh, appreciated and uh uh you know without people like you who help spread the game uh and uh, many different platforms uh from my side I'm appreciative of what you do well
1: I appreciate that very much Mark you're fantastic my friend I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to come back and and be a part of the show I hope we're privileged enough to be able to catch up with you again soon before uh before the season ends
0: Anytime, Chris. Don't hesitate.
1: I appreciate you, Mark.
0: Take care, my friend. All the best to you and your
1: family. Stay safe out there. Thank you. See you, Mark. That's a great Mark Carnival. And again, uh, MCROI92 is uh, is his Twitter handle. And uh, I mean it sincerely, folks. And I I know that uh, all of you share this uh, as well. When you listen to PGA Tour radio and listen to Mark's call from being out there, you know, whatever group he's following, it's absolutely magical. I mean, the the guy is is so incredibly talented to be able to take, you know, what he is watching and then paint the picture for all of us when we're listening on the radio. It's a tremendous skill, and Mark is, you know, one of the very best at doing it. Uh, He makes listening to golf on SiriusXM infinitely better. So uh, I can't thank him enough uh, for what he does for a living every day for us, And painting those pictures, and then obviously for his time coming back and be a part of the show. Hopefully, uh, we're privileged to get him back uh, before the uh, season ends.
0: Support for Extra 1063 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning, determination is winning.